Welcome to Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. Every week, we sip on a strong new blend of practical tips, information, and education to help you optimize your health, body, and mind. Your hosts are Janice, Emily, Megan, and Olga. Your break starts now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. Today, we've got the whole team in the studio to discuss smartphone technology and its impact on our lives, health, and behaviors. Uh, first, though, let's do what we always do and go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi. This is Megan. Oops, sorry. <laughs> and this is Janice, who's really <laughs> eager to introduce herself. Janice, say hi. Hi, Janice. I'm sorry. Hi, this is Emily. Hi, this is Olga. So um, again, today we're going to talk about uh, smartphone technology and a few ways it can be a little bit risky to us. And first of all, I wanted to kind of do a little pop quiz. Ladies, do you know on average how many times we pick up our smartphones per day? Per day? It's got to be in the 70 to 100 range. 70 to 100. I I think I've heard 100. 100. Olga, do you have a guess? I feel like I should know because I did that research a few months ago. <laughs> um, I believe in 200s on average. So Olga is the winner. Wow. Um, so on average, well, the average American, I should say. Yes, an average picks, American. Picks up their smartphone uh, t- about 211 times a, a day. Oh, my gosh. And when you think about Amazing. that, uh, of course, any behavior that you do 211 times per day is going to have an impact on your life yeah. and most likely your health, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really what we wanted to get into today. Now, one of the things that I, I do want to make clear is that this is not the the smartphones are evil, throw away your <laughs> cell phones uh, episode. Yep. Uh, there are many, many wonderful uh, benefits to being connected to right. the world. Uh, um, I won't go into all of them for you, but most people, if most of you listening right now have a smartphone. And chances are you're listening to this on your smartphone. On your smartphone. <laughs> and you know those wonderful benefits, uh, but... The truth is that uh, this has some, the, the use of smartphones has some very real complications to our lives as well. And we thought it was uh, um, only appropriate and the right thing to do to kind of touch on a couple of them. So we're going to kind of roundtable this. Each of us are going to tackle a specific subject as it relates to smartphone um, health risks, uh, maybe behavior risks, life risks, uh, and uh, hopefully what can be done to kind of uh, mitigate those risks. So uh, who wants to get us started? So this is Janice, and I'll get us started. Great. Hi, everyone. So the topic I'll be covering will be social media news, and that's using your cell phone to check mm-hmm. social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so on, um, and also reading the news. So Um, And how this can hurt our health. So on a daily average, Megan had mentioned that we touch our phone or, you know, pick it up at least 211 times. But we spend, on average, about two hours and 22 minutes on social networking and messaging platforms. Wow. Which is 10% (laughs) of our whole day. Wow. So if you look at it that way, yes. So social media is a huge part of our lives. And by 2021, more than 3 billion people are expected to be on social media. And that's 40% of the entire world's projected population that year. Wow. Okay, that's only another year away. So while social media can bring many benefits in one's uh, mental health, providing a sense of belonging, 
right. increases one's trust and makes us happy in some ways. It can also be detrimental. So these areas include um, increasing feelings of inadequacy. So comparing oneself to other users and feel as though you can't measure up to their ideal lives um, mm-hmm. um, in the in your social network of the lives that people you know in your network mm-hmm. depict. Um, Another area is called social anhedonia, and that's the inability to feel happy or feel pleasure from the activities that one would normally enjoy, including interacting with others. Mm. Um, And those who experience this may have fewer Facebook friends, Instagram friends, and share fewer fewer photos and participate less in engaging on the social media platforms. So commenting, liking, things of that nature. Um, increasing change increases changes of becoming addicted. Wow. So this uh, to your phone. So checking your phones or social media can trigger areas of the brain related to addiction because of the higher the users experience a high of checking their phones yep. so often. Um, this and, one, and, oh, and probably if you're not checking your phones as often, you you, you experience the feeling of withdrawals, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I'm sure. yep, and I'll, get, I'll get into that for sure. Okay. Oh. Yeah, teaser. Um, <laughs> thanks, Olga. And it also makes commuting communicating um, in person difficult. Um, I feel like this is really something that I've experienced with um, friends in my social network, but social phobia can occur because of fewer interactions in person. Right. So they have a tougher time speaking to somebody face-to-face, interacting face-to-face. Sometimes they feel more introverted, even though they may may seem extroverted on the platform, more Mm -hmm. introverted in real life. Yes. It's a weird concept, but I I see it in my own, like, in my friends and Mm -hmm. um, social network. Also, it could result in anxiety in checking these social media platforms, the fear of missing out, also known as FOMO to some of us. This is where people feel that others are having fun without them. So they post pictures, they post, you know, that they were out and someone who may not have been invited. Um, That's where we get the TFTI. Thanks for the invite plug. People may experience anxiety because they don't feel smart enough as well um, or as interesting as or as successful as others. So that might be a a pull on the anxiety part. Oh, sure. Um, Now, does it cause depression? I know that there are many articles out um, online um, and much research done on the whole notion of reading negative news can lead to depression. Now, this um, question has, you know, significant amount of research, but I think this one, from what I'm reading, is inconclusive. So watching or reading negative news can significantly change an individual's mood, especially if the broadcast emphasizes suffering Mm -hmm. or emotional components of the story. However, an article that I found stated, we don't know from our study whether the negative social media interactions actually cause the depressive symptoms or whether the depressed individual are more likely to seek out negative online interactions. So it's a correlation correlation versus causation question. Right. Really interesting. Really interesting. So those are some areas of social media Mm -hmm. with the phone. So kind of check yourself on that one, everybody. You know, and it's interesting. A lot of us get our news Mm -hmm. from social media. And uh, what we don't always do is go to the source of uh, what that, where that um, news is coming from. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there'll be like a post or a summary of here's an article about a thing that happened somewhere. Mm-hmm. We don't actually go and read mm-hmm. the original source of that information. Just the headline. But, and we just get a headline right. and a hot take. Mm-hmm. And that can really misrepresent um, the information that it was intended to, to be projected. And I think that that's a sort of an interesting comment on 
how social media and the news interact with each other. Right. Um, I remember reading once that it's a much better idea to actually read articles than than listen to news or to watch the news. You mm-hmm. actually absorb better information. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder what effect that has when you're just getting that information in small bites in a sort of editable, sort of reactive right. format through social media. It's just a really good reminder to kind of um, step back and consider before reacting to yeah. something, right. uh, what would be, um, wh- wh- what is the true source of this information? And, and also just to kind of close on that subject is, it's really difficult to find any good news. It's yes. all about negative That's news, so true. right, so sells. And so a lot of times we don't even have a lot of control over yeah. what we see and mm-hmm. what is given to us mm-hmm. to read and, and kind of absorb. Right. And most of the news that we get is not, good it's negative right? right it's it's really what sells and that's another aspect of this we just bombarded with all this information right. and all this negativity and it's coming on to us from everywhere right and i think that uh, it kind of uh, brings up an interesting point so i i don't believe that social media is in in itself inherently right. bad but uh, you have to look at it uh, in a, with a clear eye. And I think that's kind of what you, a lot of your comments, right. Janice, uh, um, uh, touch on. The, the fact that what you're looking at is what someone has decided they want you to see. Right. And it doesn't necessarily Perception. represent reality. Exactly. Yeah. And it also kind of brings up the, uh, the fact that we should control what we are receiving. Mm-hmm. And we, are, we do have that power. Um, in social media, we can unfollow, That's we can yes. hide, yes. we can seek out mm-hmm. and, and create a, an environment that maybe balances mm-hmm. exposure to, to yeah. the very real and important things that are going on in life, yeah. but also allows us to, you know, maybe curate is the word, yeah. um, information that will be helpful to us in our mm-hmm. also psychological well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Um, th- there are things that people can and should do. You're not powerless. Right. And yeah. I think that that's yeah. an important thing to right. keep in mind that you don't have to, what you're seeing is not what you have to see. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. When I said you don't have any control by default, absolutely. The, informa- the information that's right. fed to us is probably negative. Absolutely but true. Megan is really on on point here saying if you take some action and you can control right. you have to seek out the good information you have to unfollow you have to filter things right yes so and step away mm-hmm. yeah and step mm-hmm. away get just shut it down so yeah. <laughs> right. yeah 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 and good that's point. A, good point. it's a really good point to balance out or even have you know your feed um, curated with more positive news than you yeah. see the negative yeah. so um kittens yeah, kittens and, <laughs> and puppies. Yep. And babies. Exactly. Cute babies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Megan, for that. Thank um, you, Janice. Yeah. Uh, that was outstanding. Uh, so actually, this is, uh, this is Megan, and I'm going to touch on something that feels a little bit closer to sharp healthcare in a way, because it's about personal, your personal physical health and injury prevention. And here at Sharp Healthcare, obviously, we're trying to become a high reliability organization, and part of that is zero harm. And of course, that applies to um, all of the employees and, and avoiding harm for them from a physical sense and avoiding injury. And uh, on that note, I want to talk very quickly about text neck. So, um, <laughs> ladies, have you guys heard of text text neck? Yes, you have. Uh, um, five years ago, had you heard of text neck? No. no. 
10 years ago? Definitely not, no, right? No. So uh, text neck is directly correlated with that first little tidbit of information that I shared at the top of the podcast around the fact that we are on our phones, touching our phones 221 times a, a day on average. And so what text neck basically is, is a repetitive motion injury that can impact your neck and your overall well-being. So when we think about repetitive motion injury at Sharp Healthcare, we talk about this a lot. We have a wonderful safety and ergonomics team who are working hard to ensure that our team members don't experience repetitive motion injuries. Mm -hmm. It's a very common type of injury. Um, but text neck is a new frontier for, for Sharp Healthcare, for the world, and What's interesting about it is that it is a type of injury that is uh, not being seen in people in their necessarily just their 40s, 50s, and 60s, which is when a lot of these injuries start to develop. But uh, teenagers, people in their 20s, basically, if you're using a phone, the chances of you starting to develop a, a repetitive motion injury increases yeah. by text neck. Um, and the reason why is because it's all about how we behave when we look at our phones. So if you are on your smartphone right now and you are scrolling through Instagram, your email, mm -hmm. whatever, the chances are you're looking down at your phone, your shoulders are hunched over, and your head is dropped. So what happens to your body when that happens? Um, the end result is that uh, over time, as you're engaged in this, this sort of kind of hunched over, uh, rounded shoulder stance, is that you are changing the natural curvature of your neck and that can strain the muscles that are in your neck and cause wear and tear on the overall structure of your neck. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so um, another way to think about this, yeah, uh, everyone looks, everyone head. right now looks horrified just to like, well, we all have straightened necks now. <laughs> um, I, I can, I can hear the audience right now starting to like bring their shoulders back uh, and saying, no, she's not talking about me. Um, <laughs> So here's another way to kind of describe this. So think about, uh, or that's another way to think about the impact uh, of this position. When your neck is in the proper position, uh, and by the way, the team right now has amazing posture sure. at the moment. No. Um, they've all sat up. So when your your neck is in its its natural position, your your shoulders are back, your your spine is straight. Um, the muscles in your neck are, des are designed to support about 10 to 12 pounds. And that's what's happening as you are in a natural, mm -hmm. um, uh, appropriate, uh, good posture state. And your, your neck is up doing what it's supposed to be doing. So the research, research shows that for every inch you drop your head forward, you are doubling the load on your neck muscles. Mm. So when you Makes look sense. down at your smartphone. And, yeah, you're straining. You've got maybe your chin towards your chest you're putting around 60 pounds of force on your neck when it's designed to simply support maybe 10 to 12 pounds. Wow. So think about the impact that you are putting. Oh yeah, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> think about the impact uh, um, that you are putting on your neck uh, and how much strain that is going to cause. So that is a problem, and it's a problem that doesn't discriminate, again, by age, and it can't be offset by good posture when you're not using your cell phone. Now, of course, it's really important to have um, think about your posture overall right. as you navigate your day, but it is uh, really, really important to think about how you are putting yourself at risk of ongoing repetitive motion injury by repeating this behavior. 
So the good news is there are some things that you can do. Yay! There are there is good news. I actually didn't realize good news and bad news. You know, when I started this, I didn't realize that my mine was going to be the downer, but I guess it is. Um, There are things that people can do um, to reduce their risk. So one, the obvious is to straighten up. Uh, learn proper posture and neck alignment, you know, by peeking at your profile in a mirror, for example, mm-hmm. you know, look at how you are standing when you're looking at yourself in the mirror. If you're standing correctly, you should be able to draw a vertical line from your ear to your shoulder. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. So another thing you should do is think backwards. You know, everyone tells you in life, go forward, go forward in your life. Well, sometimes you got to look back and <laughs> think back and even arch back. Think about your shoulders and try to focus on arching them back. Um, and if you have to, even think about start doing some, some shoulder extensions, which is a great exercise. If you arch your neck and upper back backward, pulling your shoulders into alignment under your ears, mm-hmm. then you are going to alleviate um, a lot of the stress and muscle pain on your neck. Another thing, and the last one, and then we can move on to a hopefully Hopefully, no. I was going to say no. a more positive topic, but they're all shaking their heads. No, this is this is this is yeah. a risk associated conversation. So I right. shouldn't I shouldn't suggest that. Um, the other thing you can do is look forward rather than tilting your chin down to read your smartphone. Raise the device to your eye level. Uh, the same goes for your desktop computer, of course. Uh, your monitor screen should be at eye level with your so that your head isn't perpetually dropping to cause muscle strain. So you might say to yourself, well, I'm not going to sit there all the time with a smartphone and and it's sort of just directly in front of me. This is weird. I look strange doing it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's when you kind of just sort of have to pick your poison (laughs) because the truth is as you have your head down and you are looking at your phone, generally people do it because they want to be discreet about being on their phone, right? I'd yes. say yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and and also because it's, it's a little bit more comfortable for you. You know, you don't have to the actually gravity, have your, hand. your hands up. Yeah. Exactly. Your arms would... Well, that's when it comes down to, okay, maybe that's your sign. That's your internal clock telling you to uh, put down the phone. Probably. A lot of this also just comes down to having a healthier distance uh-huh. to your smartphone and using it at a, at a reduced frequency. Sure. That's the hard truth uh, yeah. of, of, I think, probably um, all of the solutions to the problems associated with smartphone usage. There is not a, a uh, ergonomically correct way to have hmm. your head hunched down and your shoulders hunched over to look at your smartphone. And so if it feels weird to have your phone lifted up in front of you all the time, all I can say to that is, is it, there's really not like a, a nice way to kind of put a bow on the conversation. Right. All I can say to that is to suggest that that's probably your cue, that if that gets uncomfortable after a while, to put the phone down. Mm-hmm. So that, this is this is Debbie Downer reporting no, it's, for no, it's, not. it's good to know. <laughs> but these are things to think yeah. about. Yeah, to be aware of. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, when Megan says to put your, you know, arm out with your phone, you know, it's awkward. It. But, you know, when people lay down in bed and they do that and they drop their phone well, on that's their another, face. That's another injury <laughs> risk that we're all taking into consideration when we are using our I'm phone. sure everybody could but relate that's, to that. That's a good reason to not use your phone in bed, though. Exactly. Well, as you're going to that's sleep. That's true. And oh, and that, actually, actually, are you going to... set me up for oh, a perfect transition. Oh, fabulous. So thank you. Absolutely. I was, that was all Janice. I was trying to think of how do I get from text neck to... <laughs> sleeping. Janice did that. Janice she did, did, she did the hard work. So thank you, Janice. <laughs> so I don't know if this is going to continue the conversation of, oh, darn, my cell phone is 
causing me issues. But again, I think it's good to be aware of it. Um, and specifically, we're talking about using your cell phone and the impact it has on your sleep. And so the first thing to know here is the uh, the way that your phone at night, specifically at night, so your phone and any any screen, so your TV, your iPad, your computer, it emits uh, blue light, which blue light suppresses your production of melatonin. And the reason why that this is important is melatonin is, melatonin is the hormone that is produced in your body naturally that helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. And so when you're using your phone or your TV or computer at night, really any sort of screen, you are getting high doses of blue light and it's not allowing your body to produce the melatonin, which helps you to fall and stay asleep. The other issue with using your phone at night specifically is a lot of times when we're using our phone, it's in some way or another engaging our mind. So you aren't allowing your mind the sort of the chance to transition, to transition, to tune out. And then a lot of us keep our phones, at least I do. So maybe this is just me, but um, keep it by your nightstand. It's not just you. (laughs) It's where it's charging. It's my alarm clock. Right. Um, And if you have your phone facing up on your nightstand, you're going to continue to get notifications um, text messages, calendar reminders throughout the night. And so um, that blue light is still coming through throughout the night and it can wake you up um, either with the light or the noise. And so there are things that you can do to help reduce any of the uh, sleep interferences that come from using your cell phone. So the first one, and it's a pretty practical, easy to do switch, is um, if you have an iPhone, you can enable your phone to turn into night shift. Um, and you can do it in your Android as well. All you need to do is go to your settings app. Mm-hmm. And there's a mode where you can either schedule it for a certain amount of time. So for me specifically, I have my night shift turning on around 7 or 8 o'clock at mm-hmm. night. And you'll notice the difference. You'll notice your screen having sort of a blue tint to a yellow tint. Mm-hmm. And so you're no longer getting that blue light. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, I will say, if you have an older Android, you may have to download an app, ironically, <laughs> called <laughs> Night Mode Enabler uh, to get the same results. But this is something that you can do. It will turn on every night. That way you're at least not getting the blue light from your phone if you are choosing to use it at night, um, which sort of leads me into the next point. Uh, give yourself at least 30 minutes of gadget-free time, transition time, mm-hmm. before yeah. going to bed. Good. So this is not just your phone. It's your computer, your TV. Um, and this will really allow you that transition time to go from day to night. Um, and then the third point is if you can, charge your phone outside of your bedroom. This can be difficult. Um uh, so it, it doesn't work necessarily for everybody, but if you say, I'm using my cell phone for my alarm clock, mm-hmm. you can always buy a, a cheap alarm clock on Amazon. I know. Uh, something not other than our phone. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you can put it in your bathroom, in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. But if this isn't a, you know, if this isn't going to work for you, just at least flip your phone over mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. on your nightstand Absolutely. so that you're not getting any of that light yeah. or you're yeah. not seeing when texts 
or notifications come through. Um, And this is not specifically about sleep, um, this next point, but I will kind of throw it out there because there's been a lot of conversation about how often we pick up our phones. Um, And this Mm -hmm. can be true at night as well. And I think a lot of us aren't, at least for myself, aren't aware of how often we're using our phones. So actually a few months ago, I downloaded an app again, ironically, but (laughs) I think it's called Moment. I'll I'll, I'll go, I'll I'll share with Olga and we'll put it in the show notes. But it actually tells you how much you're using your phone and you can set limits. So it's just a good checkpoint throughout the day. It will kind of tell me you've been on your phone for 45 minutes today. If I've only been awake for an hour, (laughs) I know I'm in, I need to change it. So it's just a good awareness raising of how often we're actually using our phone and you can actually go in there and set goals um, so that you kind of become aware of, you know, just how often you're using it. That's a great, great point. It it is so (laughs) ironic how many things that we rely on to help us reduce our relation or our, our usage of cell phones that is sourced from our cell phone. Yep. Like it's, it it's, is. It's become a necessity. I mean, we've talked about that with Will. Yeah. You know, and we, we are our staunch supporters of, of Will, our, our mi- mindfulness partner. Um, but it's a digital app. Mm-hmm. And they have sleep health uh, programs. Uh, right. Where we say, use your this by your bed. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so it's a tricky relationship. It is. There, and I think there's a balance. Yes, between, there is a balance. There, it's not all bad. Um, but... You know, like you said, I mean, most of this and most things in life is just bringing awareness yes. to what your current behaviors are. Absolutely. In moderation. In moderation. Absolutely. I love this. I love this conversation so much. <laughs> well, I kind of just wanted to maybe add to this conversation. I mean, we, Janice and Megan and Emily have talked specifically about some of the issues that our extreme cell phone usage can negatively affect our lives. And I just wanted to add to this by saying that our cell phone usage can also lead to us being fatigued and very tired and as a result, very unproductive yes. and less motivated. And part of it comes from poor sleep. So what Emily just said kind of results, poor quality sleep can result in your being sleep deprived next day. And some of the symptoms of sleep deprivation are being fatigued mm-hmm. and being tired and feeling kind of, you know, lethargic. And irritable, right? And right. irritable, yeah. 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 And as a result, you can just kind of logically you understand that if you're at work, your work will suffer, your relationship will suffer. And this is all kind of a triple effect, again, yeah. of just our extreme cell phone use the night before. And by itself, you know, poor quality sleep once in a while, it's probably not going to really affect our life so much but if it's a consistent issue and if you consistently not getting enough sleep then it will affect your life in the long Mm -hmm. run in a way it can affect your relationships it can affect your work ethic it can affect your productivity it actually people it's called the the phenomena is called Technoference, that's what it is. Technoference, yeah. yes. Term. So technoference is everyday intrusions and interruptions that people experience due to mobile phones and their usage. And studies found that technoference has increased among men and women drastically in just the last seven seven years. And the the other fact that I wanted to mention kind of in addition to technoference is how 
a lot of people report that they would rather be on their phones and scroll through Instagram feed or Facebook instead of dealing with their real life issues. Mm. Right. So they. Well, it's it's okay once in a while. Yeah, sure. you want to kind of create this kind of you want to hide from the reality once in a yeah. while. You need that distraction. You want to yes. zone out. You need that distraction. But if you happens day in and day out, you can just yes. imagine how it can really affect the quality of your life and your relationships and your work. And so again, we need to cut back on our phone usage if we can. And I think Emily mentioned that app. What was that? That's it's called Moment? I think it's called yeah. Moment or Insight. Yeah. Well, I, I if you don't mind sending me this info, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will add it to the show notes. But the app that I've heard about is called Checky. It's <laughs> check with an Y in uh-huh. the end, Checky. And it's for iPhones and Android users. And it's going to tell you exactly how many times sure. you uh, unlocked your device. And so you can set a limit mm-hmm. as how many wow. times you actually want to do it. Oh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just another area that kind of where the cell phone usage really affect our, our lives. Do you mind if I mention what you and I were talking Please. about earlier? Um, so I think one of the catalysts for this discussion, uh, or, or how we how we got to thinking about this as a possible podcast episode topic, was we were talking as a group about our, I think our own cell phone usage, and I had shared with the group that I had read some research about the relationship between using your cell phone and it actually causing chemical imbalances in your brain, causing uh, anxiety and causing uh, fatigue and just Mm -hmm. sort of overall sleepiness. And the reason for that was because I personally, I I am someone who gets a pretty decent amount of sleep. Uh, I, I try to. And I remember trying to figure out why am I just sort of tired groggy. all the time mm-hmm. why am i why do i just sort of feel groggy mm-hmm. and i was on this sort of fact-finding mission and i f- feel like i have a better relationship to my smartphone than a lot of other people seem to mm-hmm. but i still you know and just like every other person um in america who's pretty pretty connected to it and i i do think that uh, that could be part of why but it was a more of a um a, a signal that there is a lot of research that suggests that even going beyond uh, the relationship between it being disruptive to your sleep, uh, the mere consistent exposure to um, to all the information, all the stimuli, yeah. and the absorption of that is causing a, a difference in the way our brains are functioning and can make us feel just sort of more perpetually fatigued. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody who is looking for energy, who is, <laughs> if, if you need some more energy in your life, there's... Outstanding sources, sources such as diet and exercise mm-hmm. and um, good sleep, but uh, there is also um, a pretty compelling body of research that suggests that our um, interactions with our phone could just unto itself be something that's causing us to feel more fatigued. Mm-hmm. So, just sort of, just sort of yeah. another component yeah. of what you're talking about, Olga, and, and how it, there's a more complex uh, system of events going on when it comes to how we're using our phones. Really interesting. Thank, thanks for this research, Ming. And I, um, I didn't didn't see that information, but I, I think it's a great addition to I, the same subject. Yeah. I think that overwhelmingly, yeah. the, the stuff that you touched on is the stuff that is um, really, really yeah. important. Yeah. And I, I but I, I found it so fascinating yeah. to think about the yeah. idea that. Uh, it's connected to our sleep, connected to, uh, and, there, and there's a cyclical effect uh, of how it affects the rest of our lives. But 
simply being on your phones it can maybe affect your energy levels too. Right. So no phone diet. That's, no phone diet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, there is a connection yeah. too. I mean, Emily talked about we're just raising awareness and, and part of it is just sort of becoming more mindful of how mm-hmm. you're using your phones. You know, we talk about uh, simply being aware of mm-hmm. our activity levels, being aware of how much sleep we're getting, being aware of how, um, how much we're eating and what types of foods we're eating. This is just another sort of facet of health uh, that uh, um, people, you know, you can't improve things and be healthy in things that you don't really, that you're not thinking about. That's um, really true. And so this is just sort of another component. Yeah. 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 Well, well, ladies, um, <laughs> this was a really interesting yeah. discussion. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for your contributions. This was um, really helpful. And I hope, I hope it was helpful to um, the people who are listening. Is there anything else you think that we should cover on or touch on? Or you think that we've kind of got the, the big pieces? Well, I think the maybe just mentioned that cell phone can be addictive and it can be categorized as a true addiction. And so if anyone is kind of struggling with this or wondering about their cell phone usage, we have a wonderful employee assistance program and you can probably go and They can give you some great advice. Some great advice how to limit your usage or how to interpret your feelings around that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll put some information in the show notes on how to connect with EAP. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Um, Well, thank you, ladies, so much for your time. Thank you. As usual, you guys are the best. And to all all of you out there listening, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 Download this episode and find more great information on health and wellness by visiting Sharp Best Health on Sharp.net.